Fresh podcast. We're going. To, this is our second chance at this, uh, making this podcast. We had the other one preached and did it real well, and thought we had everything together, and, and somehow or another I did something with the computer and it was gone in an instant of time, or or it hid somewhere on my computer and I can't find it. But anyway, we're going to do it again. Praise God! And I'll tell you what: the enemy's defeated. Thank God, and that's all there is to it because we're not going to give up. But it's kind of late here at night and. And, we're, and it's pretty quiet. We, got a, we do have a noisy neighbor sometimes who decides to get up and go out in the middle of the night. So if you hear a loud car, uh, don't think too much about it because that's what's going on. But other than that, we're we're here to uh, to you know to give you the word of God and, and bless you with the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know I'm glad that the Lord is on our side, aren't you? Praise God. I'm glad he, He's with us and not against us. When talking to you about a series called Born for Battle. And quite a lot of information we want to get across to you. And I don't know how many of these uh, uh, podcasts we're going to make, but we're going to make a bunch of them. Praise God and the Lord being our helper, we're going to do well. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you and will be a blessing tonight like it has always been. I want to give you a scripture found in First Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians rather than chapter 2, verse 11. He said this, Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. Now, there's a lot that goes along with the context of that particular scripture. Uh, there was a man who had uh, been caught committing fornication with his, one of his father's wives in 1 Corinthians 5, and Paul said, you need to pray in the morning, put that guy out of the midst of that church and he, for the, so that, uh, you know, for this, the main cause of the saving of his soul, to turn him over for the destruction of the flesh, the end of his soul might be saved. And then here when you read the context of the verses prior to this verse, you see Paul talking to the church at Corinth that you need to let him come back in, you need to forgive him, everything's all taken care of, and he's apparently he'd come to a place of restoration. And so uh, that's a good thing, uh, praise God that he uh, was being restored. But Paul, in that context, was first of all talking about, you know, when we don't walk in forgiveness, then that's an enemy's device. I mean, he, he has a way to get into us if we walk in that way. And we're going to talk about some other ones here tonight when we talk about dealing with the enemy in our society. And, I, and I'm going to get that across to you because I think that's, uh, I think what we have to say tonight is vital and important. And so, uh, you and I, uh, more than anybody else, being God's people, are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. I mean, that's it's that goes without saying. A lot of people are just willfully ignorant. Well, I don't want to be one of them kind. I'm going to be one that is not ignorant of his devices. And I don't want you to be ignorant. That's why I'm teaching you the Word of God like I am. See, we live in a generation that's uh, watched, you know, in our generation, we've watched uh, with fear and trembling, really, the ways of evil. That that's infiltrated our society. It's a it's a foundation of morality. The foundations of morality are being undermined, and the central or main influence of life are being taken over by men from the bottom levels of society. In contrast to earlier generations, I heard one preacher say recently. He said, "You know, we was talking about our government, and he said our government." Uh, uh, 
is now run by people who protested against it back in the 60s. <laughs> uh, you know, I never had thought about that till he said that. And I thought, oh, man, that's a scary thing because I've lived through the 40s, the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Now I'm up into the 2000s. And uh, God help me, I may live another 25 years. It'd be great. Uh, uh, and if the Lord will help me. Uh, but I don't know what kind of changes we're going to see because we've seen so much in my lifetime. It's incredible, you know, the things that we take place. But at this, while all of that change is taking place and money is the rule of the of the day and greed motivates a lot of people, there's a lot of, of, of ground for the enemy to work. And he's infiltrated. I mean, he is, he's, he's got in in ways, he's got means, methods, and modes that he, he operates in. And we need to learn them. We need to learn how to operate against them. We need to learn how to discern them and see them. And so part of what we're doing is that. We're not going to tell you everything because we can't tell you everything. We only can tell you what we know. Now, keep in mind, God's authority in society is mediated from the top uh down when it, when we talk about the punishing of evil and the and the rewarding of God, uh, I mean it starts from the top down, but 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 when control is taken over by men, at the bottom then you can be sure the devil's in it. So you're talking about a gener we as a generation we saw all these kind of things happen, and been taken over by men from the bottom level. We got people that are that they're the most unscrupulous group of people on the face of God's green earth. I mean, it's incredible to think about what kind of things we do. I, I've never, I've, in my lifetime, I have never seen such a, um, I'm looking for the right way to say it's a corruption, but it's it's corruption. That's what I'm going to talk about. But it's a, well, uh, let me say it this way. It's a fine-tuned corruption. It's different than in in these days that we're living than what it was in the days and generations ago. It was, it was, you know, it, it's just blatant. People do whatever they want to do. And I better get off of that because I'm going to go somewhere I don't want to go. I'm talking about, I want to talk to you about dealing with the enemy in our society. Now, see, when control is taken over by men at the bottom level, then you can be sure the devil's in it. I, I shared this uh, about... Uh, I want to show this about Venezuela and shared this with the Venezuelan people years ago because I traveled different places around the world and uh, and have gone into South America, different ones. I told them, I said, before Chavez, who was their last president, who's gone, you know, gone on to meet his reward. I told him he was still striving to become president. I said, you need to pray and you need to vote. And you need to do everything in your power to keep that man out of that, out of being the president because he's, he's, First of all, he was not a highly educated man. I, I wouldn't say he was an ignorant man, but but at the same time, you know, he was not a highly educated man. He wasn't qualified for what he was endeavoring to do. And, of course, he got in, and, and, and the rest, as we say, is history. And so when you get that kind of a person in control, then you've got a, you know, just like a Hitler. It's like uh, uh, like Cuba. It's like all of those countries that's had all kinds of stuff in there, in them, uh, because they've got people who are on a baser level running the country. They don't have any clue about what they're doing. They, they're wicked. And so we uh, we see that, but they infiltrate. They get in. They're able to get in, and they're able to get in because they've got men of like passion who put them in there. When you have a society that votes, then that's what you have to take what you get sometimes. And sometimes what you get is not what you voted for, or at least what you thought you were voting for. So and many of us have learned that lesson now. <clears throat> 
But keep this in mind, permissiveness and situational ethics have blurred the issues of society, weakened the power to discern evil under his camouflage of misrepresentation, and, and then sapped the will to resist. And brother, if there was ever a statement that's true, that's a true statement. Permissiveness. We've let the devil do anything he wants to. Situational ethics means I'm every man to do what's right in his own eyes and is there nothing wrong, everything's right. If I say it's right, it's right. It's right for me and to be right for you. The thing about that is we want to impose that up on everybody else. I mean, they want to say, this is the way I see it, and this is the way you're going to see it. If you don't see it the way I want to see it, then too bad for you. We're going to isolate you. We're going to ostracize you from society. We won't have nothing to do with you. Well, that's not going to uh, gel together good for the kingdom of God and the things that pertain to it. I'm a little dry and thirsty here tonight, so if you hear me drinking, don't don't be too alarmed because I'm just sipping a little bit along the way to keep my throat oiled up. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So permissiveness and situational ethics have blurred the issues of society, weakened the power to discern evil under its under its camouflage of misrepresentation. That's really what it is, and the sap the will to of mankind to resist. In other words, we just say, well, you know, what, what's the use? Just give up. I mean, you know, they control it anyway. Well, that's the wrong mindset because we're talking about dealing with the, uh, we're talking about being born from battle. We're talking about things that you and I need to know in order to go into battle well-equipped and, and, and knowing, knowing that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. We do not want to be ignorant of his devices. In our day, we got religious heretical sects. They're multiplying by gain, you know, multiplying and gaining power. We have mind-blowing drugs that are destroying the minds and the lives of our young people. We have the attacks of the enemy that are brought, uh, brought as casualties in every part of uh, of corporate life. That is the family, educational system. Uh, and the judicial system, and even the church. That's very relative to what we're talking about tonight. The attacks of the enemy has brought casualties in every part of corporate life. The family is a wreck. I mean, you know, now uh, I'm probably going to get some feedback on this. I don't believe there's such a thing mentioned in the Bible as same-sex religion. I mean, same-sex, same-sex, well, that'd be one way of saying it. That's not what I meant to say, slip of the tongue. Same-sex marriage. And they put it in a religion thing. They make it a religion. Some of you have churches that are like that. It's not in the Bible, and it's not in the Word of God. It's not sanctioned by the Word of God. You, you know, you need to, but that's what we have presented to our generation. It's brought, it's, and then people don't get married anymore. You hear people, well, I live with that person. I don't want to marry him. I don't feel like I want to marry him. I don't want to say if it's going to work. Well, yeah, and you're a coward because you're about ready to slip out anytime you don't feel like it suits you. So you go back to this situational ethics. If it don't work, if it don't fit in your ethics, well, I'll just go get me another one and another one and another one. And even sometimes people marry and divorce, marry and divorce, and marry and divorce. Um, you know, it's it's the devil's attacked the family every way he can. Then, of course, the educational system. They took prayer out of the schools and the, and the church sat down and, and people sat down and let that happen. And when that happened, my friend, uh, then we opened the door for the devil to come and do anything he wanted to, and he has. We had children killed. We had all kinds of difficulties in school, uh, and probably the half has not been known. Uh, judicial system is corrupt because you've got men in there that are corrupt, and that all ties together with the 
uh, in the political realm many times. And then even in the church, I mean, my God, the church is, you know, whatever's right in every man's own eyes, they're going to do. Well, the pattern is to compromise or to break away from God's fixed moral standard. That's that's the, one of the ideologies that, that the devil has brought about. Well, let's just let's don't let's unify. I, I was hearing something here just recently by a minister connecting himself with another religion that totally diabolically, completely opposite of anything he believed, and they're going to do all of this in the name of unity. Well, I mean to tell you, I, I want to be—I don't want to be out of sync with people, but I, there's no way you can unify flesh religion with spirit life. You can't do it. It's impossible for that to happen, and so people are trying to make that happen. And uh, uh, so we're going to—the the pattern of compromise. Let's do this, do that, and in order to be friends with them, we of course we want to show them God's love, and we do want to show them God's love but not at the expense of God's word and not at the expense of God's truth. And and, and we need to realize that that's one of the attacks of the enemy that, against our society. He wants to weaken our society by joining us together, make it all one world religion. And well, we know it according to the scripture, that's coming about it's somewhere toward the end time. So that's the kind of time you're not living in. And we need to know how to war against that. See, there's an ongoing battle over the correct place for the Ten Commandments or prayer or anything that depicts God. And it's try, and, it, and it's, they try to do away with it. The devil wants to get it. He's behind it all. He's, he's behind it all. See, the principalities and powers infiltrated society and have opened the gates for a flood of evil to take over. And, you know, that's, that's what they've done. I mean, the devil has absolutely just walked into the church house, walked into society, walked into the judicial system, school systems, marriage, family, you name it, he's there. And those powers have opened the gates for a flood of hell, you know, uh, to flood. And there's some good teachers out there. You know, my son's a teacher. He works with some. He, t- he tells me some about it. They're Christians. They love God. They're going to be Christians. They're not going to compromise. Uh, at, you know, at the expense of the gospel. Boy, I appreciate hearing that. I appreciate knowing that. And uh, and, it's a, and it's a good thing. Uh, so, but the devil's infiltrated. He's, you know what I mean? He's got behind the lines. He's got in there. He's, he's weaseled his little weasel way in. He has devices, friend, and he's going to use those devices to get where he wants to go. And Jesus said he's going to build a church in the gates of hell and not prevail against it. We need to, so we need to rise up because so many people are afraid of the devil. They stick their head in the sand, so to speak, and say, "Well, whatever happens, just let it happen," and uh, and that's not going to it's not going to make it. You need to realize what's going on when that kind of thing takes place. I have a little trouble with my microphone here. It's not wanting to do what I want it to do, but. Uh, and so he, you know, the enemy wants to filtrate. He wants to. He wants to do it. And then, and and people are afraid. You know, they're afraid to do anything. They're just afraid of the devil. Well, you don't have to be afraid of the devil. Jesus gave you power over the devil. Now, the Bible's alerted us to possibilities of supernatural evil powers establishing themselves in the local culture, even church culture, then controlling life and culture. And that's exactly. You, know, you know, if I was a devil. And I wanted to do something that was going to be devastating to the church. And what I would do is I would get myself, I would, I'd find a way to get in and uh, into society and get into the culture of humanity, get into church culture. And just, you know, and he's done that with religion. You got, there's, I mean, we have a culture in the church. If we don't like somebody or they don't agree with us, we put them out. We ostracize them. We get them out of our sight. Well, 
That's, that's, a, that's part of the infiltration method that the devil has. And a big one nowadays is political correctness. I mean, you can't say anything about religion. You can talk about anything you want to just about, but when you start talking about God, and especially Jesus, then you get all kinds of difficulties. People rear up and get mad and uh, say all kinds of things. And Well, you've got to be completely correct. Well, I'm not going to be politically correct at the expense of God's word for nobody. I know preachers have the platforms nowadays to preach the Word of God, and many of them just compromise, won't say anything about issues that really need to be said. But they've got the, they've got the clout, they've got the power, and if they say it, it would weigh heavy up on society. But no, they let society go its own way because uh, iniquity abounds. The love of many, the love for God, really, of many has waxed cold. Uh, so, so Satan, and I got this statement. I couldn't I couldn't remember exactly how it went and i've got it written somewhere and i don't recall where it was at i looked for it before i came and got on on uh, to make this podcast but this is the gist of it satan's methods have been adapted to the enlightenment of the age we live in an age of knowledge we live in an age that's knowledge is increasing at a rapid rate you can buy I have a cell phone. You can buy it, walk out of the place where you bought it at, and almost it almost becomes obsolete in just in just a short period of time. I mean that's that's you know, uh, in this because there's a knowledge level. Well, the church is not ignorant of religious things, but they're ignorant of spiritual life. A lot of them. I'm not saying they're all that way, but a lot of them are ignorant of spiritual life. They don't have a prayer life. They don't have a relationship going on between them and God. So therefore, they're going to. Uh, you know they're uh, they have they have no uh, understanding. They're 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 darkened. The God of this world has blinded their minds. He has a method uh, to blind their minds, but at the same time, he enlightens him. He adapts his methods to what they do know and the religion they do know, and he works in and through that and keeps them as far away from God as he possibly can because there's something in alien man that makes him feel good if he does something religious. Even if it doesn't have any contact with God, we just go through all the methods and, uh, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, all the, well, I'll say the methods, but all of the, I'm looking for the right word. It's not coming to me here at one thirty in the morning. My mind's a little slow, but, uh, uh, you know, you know, he's looking for a little thing we can hook on say, well, do, do this and do that. And it'll make you feel good. And, uh, you've done your duty. Therefore you are okay. Now you don't get to heaven by works. You get to heaven by faith. Keep this in mind. Revelations 2.13, when Jesus was talking to the church, he said to the church of Pergamos, he said, you know, you dwell where Satan's seat is. And that is, that's an indication then that there are supernatural powers that locate themselves in places on this earth and in society and even in the church. In this case, it was in the church of Pergamos. What a deal. I mean, that's nice to hear. Jesus is going to come and and, and, and reveal himself to you and, and, and show you what you have need of in the one of the things he t- tells you is the devil dwells among you. You dwell, or you you were the devil dwells. You're right in the middle of all of that. And uh, you need to be aware of it. I don't think they were. He would, He wasn't speaking kindly to them completely there. He was, you know, he was rebuking them in ways. Well, there's questions then that begin to fill our mind when we think about this. First of all, how do these spirit powers exert their influence in society? How do they do that? How do they get involved in it? How do they get in the filter? How do they, how do they become so influential? Well, keep this in mind. We live in a world, we live in a, we coexist, coexist with another world. We have a natural world and we have a spirit world. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. The church don't see that. They don't want to recognize it, and it's going to get more that way. You got preachers are not going to cast out devils, and they're going to talk too much about it because to them it seems to be a negative thing. And so the, the, then the people, due to ignorance about these things, are at the mercy of the devil. And there's no mercy in the devil. It's only the mercy of God. And so they don't, they don't, they don't share any of these things. It keeps you blind and ignorant about it. Because they they themselves don't want to have to deal with it, they you know they they're fearful of it or whatever their problem is, and uh, so you got how do these spirits get in? Well, they get in because nobody point pinpoints them and shows who they are. Where do they get in at? Well, any place there's sin, any place there's an open door, and anybody wants to cooperate with the devil has their own ideology, anything contrary to the gospel and the preaching of the word of God, they're going to get in. And then is there a distinctive modus operandi that would help us identify them? Well, yeah, uh, we'll see some of it here a little bit later on. But let me just give you this much. When they, when, actually, I'll just go ahead and give it to you. You know, when the gospel is not is hindered, then you can pretty well rec- identify that something is going on that's not of a normal nature. A lot of people think some things are normal and they're not normal at all. And so we'll talk more about that as we go along. Then number four, what can we or what should we do to control and prevent these intrusion? Well, get up on your hind legs and begin to exercise your authority as a believer, glory to God, and tell the devil where to get off the train at, which is at the beginning, don't get on it because you don't have a right to be on it. And begin to walk in the authority that God has given you and I as believers. We need to walk in it because if you don't walk, it's never going to be done. And it's, you know, you can talk about it all you want to. You can talk about it great and, and, and wax great and wax philosophical about it. But it's not going to make one bit of difference where the devil's concerned. You don't need a, You don't need your well-ordered prayers and rhetoric. What he And he don't need any of it, but what he needs to hear is you using the name of Jesus like a person of authority. That's what he needs to hear. But people say, well, God is sovereign and omnipotent. It's not our place to to deal with all this. Let him deal with it. Let him deal with these supernatural powers. It's in his own time, in his own way. Let him do it. Okay, Sarah, you know, Sarah, let God do it. It's a God. You take care of it. Therefore, they negate their obligation and responsibility as believers to stand up and take authority and clean and rid the earth, of at least the area where we live, from all the demon powers and don't let them have control. I know we're not going to get complete control over everything. I understand that. I know he's a God of this world and a God of this earth, and he, and he does what he wants to do because people let him do it. You know, they're terrified. I put this on Facebook, and I'm going to say it again here. Uh, uh, the terrifying fact of a hostile world of evil and malicious spirits paralyzes many Christians into inactivity. Fear. They're afraid of it. That's what immobilized Gideon. He couldn't do anything until God got rid of the fear in him. And even then, when he did do it, he was fearful. But God helped him and give him super sanity. When he made a move to do something, God helped him. And that's the way it is with us. We may be fearful, but but we don't have no reason to be that way. But we may be. If we'll act, God will do something on our behalf, you know, to and use us for the kingdom of God. But we need to but but we gotta do something. You can't just sit down. You know, the sovereignty of God is qualified by the word of God, friend. A lot of people won't agree with that, and I, it doesn't matter to me because 
I believe in the sovereignty of God, and I believe there's things about God's sovereignty none of us will ever completely understand. But but there are certain things we will understand. And when His Word says something, then that's what He means. You don't God. You you're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. That's that's what's going on. You're not waiting on God to do something. God's waiting on you to do something. Edith Schaefer made this quote. She said, "There is a deafness, a blindness." and an insensitivity among many Christians, for they refuse to recognize the war in which they are involved. Now that, <laughs> man, that's a powerful statement because that's that's one of the reasons why you don't battle is because you don't realize you've got a war to deal with. You don't realize you've got a devil or you refuse to realize it or if you refuse to accept it. Whatever scenario it may be, you're still, the warfare is there and it's not going to go away. Unless somebody prays and deals with it. Now, you may enjoy the victory of somebody else's prayers, but that's not going to happen all the time because after a while, God's going to expect you to get up and do something of your own. But in reality, they're letting uh, the devil attack and score victories without resistance. You know, there's nothing as uh, disgusting as a passive soldier. You know that you know they in the army. They got in there thinking whatever they were thinking, whatever reason. You know we run across one or two of them in our experience, and they just didn't see the need to do anything about anything. They just kind of laid back. Well, whatever, whatever, you know. And uh, we're not gonna fire unless we fired up on. They wouldn't go fire if they fired up on. I'll tell you, you can get killed that way, and and you won't last long in a military zone that way. So there's so there you know there there's a that letting the there's a letting of the devil. That is, they let him attack and score victories. I don't believe you ought to give a devil one inch of ground. Not one inch of ground. That's my, that's my, if you want to know what Brother Hughes' philosophy is, give no place to the devil. That's the word. And that's my philosophy in life. Praise God. Amen. Now, uh, there are many indications of the methods and motives of Satan in the Bible. The main one is he wants to pull God from the throne of men's heart and mine, and then thrown himself there. I wrote down four little things that kind of reveal uh, 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 his motive. One of them is, Isaiah 14, 14, he said that his, his secret purpose was that he wanted to be like God. Well, then that means he's got a, a counterfeiting method if he if he if that's what he's trying to do because he wants us to worship him. And he'll, he'll come quoting the scripture like he did for Jesus. I mean, that's how the devil is. He's not, he's he has devices. But we're ignorant of them. Some people hear a scripture and think God's speaking to them sometime, but they don't take the time to weigh out the whole thing. You know, God give you a mind to think a little bit, and and He wants you to be well informed in your mind. Knowledge, in a way of speaking, is power to you. But you know what God said. You know when God's talking to you. because the devil, uh, he kind of twisted just a little bit when he said to Jesus, when he took him up on the temple, said. You know, go ahead and jump off. He said he'd pick you up unless you dash your foot against the stone. Well, he he did say that, but he didn't tell you to jump off because you'd be tempting God. And then when you tempt God, man, you have to, you really at the mercy of God and the devil will kill you doing that stuff. Jesus said this concerning the devil. He said, he's come, the prince of this earth has come, John 14, 30, but he has no place in me. John uh, Ephesians four twenty seven. Paul was talking to the church at Ephesus. Ephesians one and one and two. He said, "Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are at Ephesus and to the faithful who are in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ." And so he was 
talking to the church. Get over in chapter 4, he talks about him saying, don't steal, don't lie. They were doing things that were not right and giving the devil an open door into their life to destroy them. And that's, and that's exactly what he was going to, that's exactly what he's doing. And so he said in verse 27 of that same chapter, give no place to the devil. What a thing to say to have to say to Christians, give no place to the devil, but Christians can and they do, unfortunately. Second thing he said, the second thing, second part of that motive is when he met Adam, the first Adam in the garden, and, and it was there that he recommended his own unholy ideal in, in these words Ye shall be as gods. Now, see, that, that really helps you understand something about how the devil gets into society. We live in a comp- competitive society. Uh, a dog eat dog, so to speak. Step on whoever you have to to get to the place, you know, get to a, a place of power, get to a place of uh, money, get to a place of whatever you're looking for, you know, uh, recognition, uh, anything. If Whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it because uh, the devil's going to see to it, and he's going to push you. There and then I've heard even in Christian circles, well, we're gods. Well, I, I'm not going to lay no claim to that. Uh, I know we have authority. I know we have power in this earth. I know we possess something that puts us on a much higher level than any other created thing on this earth. And I'm grateful to God about that. But I'm not going to position myself in that. If God, I know the word, what the word says about all of that. And uh, but uh, Jesus was making a reference when he's talked about it. And I'm not going to do it. He was God. I am not God. I am a son of God, a, not the son of God, but a son of God, or you may be a daughter of God, whatever the case may be. But so you shall be as gods. You, you know, he he was tempting Adam with 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 something that was opening the door for him. It was his idea. See, that kind of helps you understand how the devil, he, 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 uh, gets his ideas across into people. If he can get them to hear his thoughts and think his thoughts, and then he'll get them to act upon his thoughts and get to thinking, well, I'm some great one, and I deserve better than this, and I deserve this, and I deserve that, and the next thing you know, you're walking in pride, and the devil's got you. I, I'm telling you, that's, that's part of his motive operandus. Then when he met the last man, Adam, which was Christ, in the wilderness, he again manifests his desire to take the place of God. He knew Christ was was or is very God. He knew Christ is very God. Yet he said, if thou wilt worship me, if you fall down, worship me. Now, isn't that some kind of thing to say to, say to God himself? You know, he's trying to unseat. He knew what was going on there. And believe me, I, he knew what was going on. He was trying to mess it up. I thank God Jesus didn't give him no place. He just said to him exactly what you and I can say to him. It's written, devil. Shut your mouth. Get out of my face because it's written. And so the devil, you know, had to, to go. But his whole idea was to, to go back to the main thing. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to get himself, get God off the throne and get himself on the throne. And that, of course, brings us to the last thing, uh, the fourth thing in these, uh, that's a part of that motive, is that he finally revealed his assumption of the man of sin that is, when he consumes the man of sin, um, whom he's predicted he, that he, as God, setteth in the temple of God, uh, setting himself forth as God, Second Thessalonians 2, 4. And so, you know, he's he's got an agenda. He wants that throne. <coughs> Excuse me. He wants that place 
where he can be the main one in charge, if you want to say it that way, the main one, the worshipped one. That's what he's after. That's how he infiltrates society. That's that way right there. And he's going to do it. That's That shows you, that gives you something about it. Now, Adam, when he won Adam over to his side, Satan's fight was to maintain and control sinners run by men who have rejected God's control. That's Adam rejected God's control. He gave it up. When he gave it up, then the devil had a right to him. Had a right to all mankind because of that. Now he's got a place to control, set up control centers run by men who have rejected God's control. That's exactly what he looks for. That's that's see when you look at that kind of a thing, you're not dealing with a person. You're dealing with a devil behind it, and a lot of times people don't recognize that kind of a thing. They don't see it. They 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 see the person doing something. They be they get involved in the flesh and trying to deal with it from a fleshly level. A lot of times I think some of this marching and stuff we do, we'd be better off if we just go somewhere and get a great big old place and, and about 200,000 of us have a prayer meeting like nothing this earth has ever seen and wanted to shake hell and deal with a devil who's got control. And I believe if we do that, we'd see some things change. Uh, but we try to change it with natural means, and it don't work. I'm not saying these are altogether bad. I'm just simply saying they don't work. Like this, because we're looking for something to do uh, that's that's tangible, and this, you know, when you pray, you don't always see the results that you want to see instantly, but you will see it if you stay after it. God will answer the prayer; He will answer prayer, and the devil will obey those who obey God. You better know that. So, the, so the world's strong natural leaders who who want to shape history after their own ideals. The smaller communities, which are the witch doctors and leaders of heretical sects, I'm talking about control. There, there, these, these, these control centers are ruled by men, who, who, who are the world's strong natural leaders who want to shape history after their own ideals. That's exactly what we have in our political arena. That's why we find out. And according to the Word of God, that we should pray for kings and all that in authority because they, that God will let his thoughts reign, let his thoughts rule. I'm talking about how to deal with demonic powers in society. Keep that thought in mind. See, we have a good example of what happens uh, uh, spiritually when we look at Acts 19 where it talks about Paul when he was under attack because he was come against that, because he was bringing a threat to that goddess Diana. People got stupid, but they tried to kill him and, uh, and cause him much damage. And God delivered him from all of that. But, but still, you know, that's, that's, uh, that gives us an indication of what, what, what goes on in the realm of the natural. Now, uh, there's a, there's a, so we, we're guided by the Word of God to pray for all that are in authority. Uh, it's not easy to do because some of them you like to pray, God, I'd like for you to move them out of there. They're a mess. They need to get them out of our hair and get them out of our sight. Okay? Now, we have a man's eye view instead of communing long and deeply with the Lord and get his eye view over things. See, sometimes we look at it from the natural. Once again, we look how to deal with it from a natural point of view, and the Word of God tells us, in my name, cast out devils, Jesus said. Paul said we have weapons, and they're warfare weapons, and they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Were well, you can't pull down something unless it's up. And we have a principality in power, which is over us, which is run by the devil and his regime. And we have weapons of welfare that can pull it down. We can pray. We can fast. We can use the name of Jesus. These are all weapons. 
our knowledge, God's word. We get, you know, we can speak the word, and uh, you know, we when we see it from God's point of view, we will because He He wants us to see what's going on so we can deal with it. So we are to encourage each other to gain imperial perspective in our praying. We ought to we ought to be people who are you know are aware of what's going on, not ignorant, not with our heads in the sand, not it'll go away if we leave it alone. This means then we need to recognize that obstacles can be hindrances from the spiritual powers we contend with and are recognized by the fact that they're impeding the furtherance of the gospel. I'm going to say that to you again. We need to recognize the obstacles, uh, that obstacles can be hindrances from the spiritual powers we contend with and are recognized by the fact that they're impeding the furtherance of men. It's not a man you're dealing with many times. Anytime the gospel is being stopped, or hindered, you better know the devil's behind it some way or another. Just like here tonight when I'm doing this podcast, and all of a sudden, it just wipes it out. And the devil don't like something that's been said on this, and he thought I'd say something different on the second one. Well, I did. I haven't said some of the same things, but I've basically stayed right to the course here, and this one's going to succeed. The devil's a liar, amen? Praise God. Then we look out and see wars and rumors of wars, political and economic instability, visa limitations for missionaries in some countries, and every kind of obstacle. These are put in the way of the church to prevent her from filling the commission. That's because the devil knows that if he can push that off, then he can stop the coming of the Lord. Well, he don't know. Nobody knows when he's coming except the Father. And he, he don't want that commission going forth because every person gets saved. There's coming a point when the, the last Gentile is going to receive Christ. When that happens, brother, the, we are going to be cut off this earth so fast. Nothing will hinder it, and things will be set into motion. And the devil knows then that he's got seven years to do his little thing, and it's over for him for a thousand years. And then after that, it's going to be over for him for eternity because for a season he'll be let loose. And once again, the scripture says he'll, you know, he'll be thrown into the lake of fire. Him, hell, and all of that's going into the lake of fire forever and forever. And so he knows he wants to stop that preaching of the gospel because that helps him have longer time on this earth. Uh, it's not going to happen. God's going to help us. Amen. We need to. So we need to. For that, so we need to realize not to. The least of what we need to say is that there's souls in the danger of hellfire. We need to get the gospel out to get souls saved. And we need to learn how to deal with it spiritually. A lot of missionaries would do a lot better and a lot of preachers would do a lot better if they had a good prayer people that would pray and teach them how to pray and deal with the demonic power so that when they go to when they go into the, these meetings in these places of war, they go in with victory. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Now, how do we act to these things? Well, yeah, we go to prayer, but generally our prayer enters sinners on around the missionary and ignores the prayers that arrange these things. So that we, we're praying for the missionary, but we need to be dealing with the devil that's stopping all of this stuff. We pray for the missionary and do that. You know, do both. And bears are not moved by God's omnipotence until the believer takes the initiative and stands his ground in the heavenly places and engages the powers of evil that are directly the cause of ground-level troubles and resist them in the name of the victory of Calvary. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you again, bears are not moved by God's omnipotence or his, all of his power until the believer takes the initiative and stands his ground in the heavenly places to engage the powers of evil that, uh, that are directly the cause of the ground-level troubles and resist them in the name of the victory of Calvary. Then, such resistance against supernatural power is not done boastfully, is not done presumptuously, but the Bible said we humble ourselves under God 
humble ourselves and then resist the devil. We humble ourselves and then resist the devil. And we humble ourselves. We don't do it presumptuous. We do it. We don't go to battle presumptuously. I'm out here. Hallelujah. I'm going to put you in your place, devil. Yada, 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 yada. Now, let me tell you something. You better know who you are in Christ. And and, and here it is. It's it, Humility suits those who realize they have no might in themselves and that they owe everything to the grace and power of God. Now, the exercise is not to call for self-advertisement. The exercise of dealing with demonic powers, as some make it, is the ordained function of those who are in Christ. It is the ordained function of those who are in Christ. And I think we should add the function of those who are filled with the Spirit of God. See, Paul was filled with the Spirit of God when he dealt with uh, uh, with Elimus the sorcerer. Spoke to him and said, you know, you're trying to stop the gospel. You hinder the gospel. You're going to be blind for a season. And he and it was a mist come over his eyes. Whether he was totally blind or not, we don't know. But what we do know, he couldn't see. He had to be led around, and that was for a season, about four months, if we go by our seasons. And he and he then he uh, then he was uh, uh, maybe he got his sight back. Maybe he learned his lesson. <laughs> I don't know what he learned, but I do know uh, he's tried to stop the gospel. And Paul said that's not going to happen. Well, we need to learn from that. Acts thirteen. Go read that chapter. Be an encouragement to you. Well, we got through this again, thank God. We believe it's going to stick at this time, and we're going to get it forth where you can hear it. We pray this is a blessing to you. I want it to be a blessing to you. Thank you so much for listening to these podcasts. I invite others to do it. Uh, if you in the, happen to be living in the Peoria, Illinois area, we'll be there at 2901 North Prospect Avenue uh, at the New, uh, New Mercies International. Sunday morning, 10.30, Sunday night, 6 o'clock. So we'd like for you to come, bring, bring some of your friends. We're going to preach the gospel and go have a good time in the Lord. Amen. Okay, this is Brother Hughes saying we love you. Looking forward to talking to you the next time. Until then, remember this, God is exalted, Satan is defeated, and Jesus Christ is Lord. By one Jesus Christ. of the blood.